5: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
6: Third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Thanks for rolling with us, everybody, all across the country. Uh, we got a lot we've been talking about today already. Uh, started off the show talking about how only 18% of Americans, according to Gallup, are satisfied with the state of the nation. So people are very aware that the Biden presidency is a... Disaster. That's clear, except for about twenty percent we are like Joe Biden's just great, he's amazing.
2: Um, which is a that in and I don't itself, even think twenty percent of people, Buck, believe that. I think they're just so committed to the left wing, but they're not even committed to Biden. No, Have you no ever one thinks met he's someone doing a, who really likes Biden.
6: No, no one thinks he's doing a great job. They all just pretend because he yeah. he is a vessel for the radical left-wing policies right and that's what you get with biden you know people that have said oh but biden is going to be a moderate he absolutely is not a moderate and he because he's not really any the, the, the thing about biden is he stands for nothing he's actually built a whole career on bidenism he's also in recent years as we've seen built a career on taking money or having his family members take money from foreign interests for Business ventures. I thought this is fascinating. You know, I spoke Clay on our Clay and Buck uh, podcast recently to Peter Schweitzer, and I thought this was such an important point about the Biden crime family. You know, that the money that Hunter Biden got from, uh, the, the Chinese interest, I forget, C- CFC, I think it was CFC holdings
5: for future to be
6: determined business activities. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you were on like, Hey guys, Can you give me, like, $8 million? I'm going to figure out something really cool to do with it later. That is called a bribe. That is called a bribe, everybody. But, you know, it's Hunter Biden, so it's not technically Joe. So as long as they can't prove the money was getting siphoned to Joe, can they prove it, in some way, it's all it's all fine. But Biden is, in some ways, really the perfect prototypical Democrat of his era, which is whatever works whatever the leftist mob wants, whatever's going to help his career in the moment. He is a pure political opportunist and now one with dementia as well. And so at some level, he's perfect for many of these Democrats because, you know, he's like the idiot king who the ministers are getting whatever they want behind the scenes and they don't have to take any of the heat.
2: I think Buck, when he got passed over in 2016 for Hillary, uh, and by but and and Barack Obama himself said, you aren't able to be president. I think everybody forgets that Barack Obama set down his vice president and basically said, you aren't able to be president. I'm supporting Hillary, which is you want to talk about loyalty as close to a, a slap in the face as you can get to tell your sitting vice president, you aren't able to do this job. I'm picking someone else to support instead, right? And remember, Obama never endorsed Biden in the 2020 primaries either until he was already the nominee. It's not like when uh, Biden got into the race that Obama said, okay, you know what, in 16 I was wrong. Let me make it clear. I'm all in on Joe Biden. He's my guy. Everybody who supports me, go support him. No, he stayed out of the primary. And my point on this is, I think Biden, as soon as he got passed over, looked in the mirror and said, I'm old, Hillary's going to win in 16, then she's going to run in 20 again, and then I'll be 84 years old or whatever it is, it's time to make money. And I think he flipped the switch from, I want to maintain my political viability, to I want to get my family rich. And I think you can go back and look, and I bet the dollars started flowing in aggressively about 2014 and 15, even while he was still vice president, when he realized that he wasn't going to make the money, uh, that he wasn't going to be president, and so let's start making this money now. And that's when the Hunter Biden crime family really kicked into high gear. Democrats
6: have really perfected the art of turning politics into a cash cow. That's what's happened. It really started with the Clintons, who will tell you, and they told everyone, oh, we had no money, You know, we were leaving the White House. And then they raised... Do you ever hear about the Clinton Foundation anymore, Clay? No, you don't. Whatever as happened soon as to Hillary
2: Cl- wasn't viable, it vanished.
6: Yep. yep. Whatever happened to the Clinton Global Initiative, tackling climate change and women's immig- inequality globally? Sure, it was a bunch of foreign governments buying access and influence with the Clinton crime family what was the clinton global what was the uh, the clinton foundation really about it was a pass through yeah they'll tell you they give money to charity but they were taking a cut to pay for i think it was 80 million dollars of private jet travel for you guessed it the clinton family to pay for their lifestyles to send them around the world to give an excuse as well to to pay Bill Clinton up to eight hundred thousand dollars for a single speech. Clay and I both give speeches sometimes for money, by the way, reach out to our people. Um and <laughs> no one gets paid eight hundred grand for a speech. That's not a thing. That's a bribe. Um, but the Clintons did it, the Bidens did it. You look at Nancy Pelosi, you look at Diane Feinstein, and see their stock activities and their stock trades, and you wonder, hmm. is yes, somehow Nancy Pelosi is like Better at trading than than the hedge funds. How is that possible, Nancy? How is Nancy Pelosi a more astute stock market analyst? I, I I don't think Nancy Pelosi could name three of the first five presidents of the United States. But, man, is she good at trading the stock market. So we all see this, right? The corruption, the craziness. And I think Democrats at some level know there's a little bit of panic. They think Joe is still their best option. There's a little bit of panic. Did you see this? Now, I mean, look, we talk about the view sometimes here, and in some ways, yes, is the view bad for this country? Sure. Is the view making people who watch it dumber? Absolutely. But is it a rich source of content for Clay and Buck? Absolutely. The same, though, can be said for MSNBC, and even more specifically, Joy Reid's show on MSNBC. Did you see this? Now they're going with, after what was it, a week or two ago, we were told that Florida was an unsafe state for um for LGBT people, for black people. Uh, Joy Reid is saying that DeSantis wants to make us like North Korea, Cuba, which I thought the left loved Cuba, and China. Play 11.
0: There is a model for what this little dictator in the making wants to do. Just look at China, Cuba, North Korea, Afghanistan, or Iran, where the government censors the media, or force feeds a strict conservative religious ideology to children in schools. Deploys morality police to make sure you're wearing what they want, learning what they want, doing what they want. That model also happens to have a name, and it's called totalitarianism, the political concept that the citizen should totally be subject to an absolute state authority.
6: Now, I I, I don't I, I don't know how else to say this. The Democrats are full-blown authoritarians and totalitarians, and we saw it during COVID, and it couldn't be any more clear, and they're absolute lunatics. I'm never going to forget it. We're going to have Ian Miller joining us to talk about his latest book, who was the guy who was phenomenally useful during COVID for sharing the graphs on masks. Spoiler alert, they don't work at all. They don't do a thing. It's fun to be able to say that now and know that, you know, oh, we're not going to get like censored on the interwebs. Um, but Joy Reid here saying that Florida is a totalitarian state. She, This is one thing we have to be on guard for, Clay, when it comes to Democrats. They don't just lie. They go to, it's like anti-truth. They go to the absolute polar opposite of the truth. Florida has built a brand as the pla- place where Donald Trump lives, the place where Ron DeSantis lives, the place where so many people, place where I live, so many people in the media live now. As the pro freedom state because of COVID. And now over at MSNBC, they want to tell you that Florida is a totalitarianism because they don't want third graders being handed books in school that I don't even, I'm not even comfortable telling people on the radio really what's in these books.
2: That's, it's also an easy argument to make on the contrary, Buck. How many people try to get into Cuba? How many people try to get into North Korea? Right? Florida has added millions of people in the four years that Ron DeSantis has been governor. Thankfully, we still have the free flow of people in this country, right? You can move from one state to another, although it's worth noting that many of the furthest left wing science advocates during COVID wanted to restrict your ability to actually leave the state that you're in. They forget about that now. But the Andy Slavitt company out there that was advising the Biden administration actually wanted to restrict your ability to leave your state over COVID. But an easy counter to Joy Reid. I mean, clearly this is balderdash, Buck, but it would just be, hey, wait a Good minute. Word. Thank you. How many people out there are trying to go to totalitarian countries? Am I missing all of the uh, people trying to get into Cuba a- am I missing yeah. all of the people moving to North Korea because everybody's moving to Florida?
6: Yeah, I'll which play, is the ultimate. You may not know this, but as Joy Reid will tell you, real estate prices in Pyongyang are skyrocketing because every everyone wants a, p- a condo in Pyongyang just like they do in Miami.
2: You know, when I left your Miami uh, apartment, we were doing uh, the show. We came down. by, like hung out. I had a Cuban driver um, uh, recently, and she drove me to the airport, and she she was awesome. And she said, I hope she's listening right now. She said, you know, there's a lot of complaining in America. And I'm paraphrasing. But she said, when I was in Cuba, it got really hot at night. Nobody had air conditioning. She's like, every time I walk around in Miami and I see anybody complaining about anything, I'm like, go back to your air-conditioned home and live in your luxury you don't even realize, until you have experienced what socialism is and what it does to the people, you don't even realize in this country how fortunate you are. And in South Florida, Buck, I bet you're constantly surrounded by Venezuelans and Cubans and people who have fled oh, Latin American totalitarianism that are just awash in the freedoms that they get to embrace every single day in Florida.
6: They're very important. I actually just visited with a friend of mine with Kerry over the weekend who um, was at the Bay of Pigs. Oh, wow. He was a fighter at the Bay of Pigs, a dear friend of mine, and later joined uh, the Marine Corps, United States Marine Corps. When We got him out because he loved this country, even though he felt like the Democrat Kennedy uh, did not give the air cover and kind of betrayed the troops on the beach, um, but still loved America with all of his heart. I think he would still sign up to fight in the Marines tomorrow if he could, but he's in his 80s. And when you see people that have left uh, in recent years, it's really, you know, a lot of it is Venezuela. You still have Cuban uh, immigration to Florida from from Cuba, but from Venezuela and the collapse of Venezuela. And I, I just wish people would, hear this more and i think there's an important part of the narrative in this country that that sometimes doesn't get enough attention the policies that aoc and bernie want for america are the policies of the maduro regime in venezuela it's the end stage of those policies but it is ideologically aligned with a socialist country run by social justice principles where all of a sudden the elites are the only ones doing well and everybody else can just, you know, go jump off a pier. Um, and people should be reminded that that's a, it's a country that was for the region very wealthy, uh, for the region, um, uh, culturally rich, highly educated population. And in the span of 20 years has been destroyed yep. and turned to penury. Turn to just sheer poverty, malnutrition. Why? Social justice. Got to spread a little more of that money around for the poor people. Got to take a little more of the industry over by the government. And I, I think the Venezuelan refugee population in America is incredibly important
2: as a warning of what happens when the leftist lunatics take power. Always worth mentioning do you remember where Bernie Sanders went on his honeymoon? Isn't that the craziest thing?
6: Moscow, <laughs> when it was the Soviet Union, what a maniac. That's why whenever someone says, oh, he's like a cuddly old grandpa. No, he's not. No, he's not. He, he would went. tell you that the price the price of your slow starvation under Bernie's idiotic economic policies because he's economically illiterate, he would say, yeah, well, you know, sorry for you, but to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs that you don't he have anymore.
2: The, he went to the Soviet Union during his honeymoon during the cold war to celebrate their style of government just think about that everybody wants to pretend it didn't happen think about how much time you spend planning your honeymoon and that numbskull chose to go to the soviet union and actually propagated lies about how great it was there that's who you're dealing with verizon at&t t-mobile if you're with them you're overpaying pure talk can easily save your family over nine hundred dollars a year Right now, you can get unlimited talk, unlimited text, ultra-fast 5G data, just $20 a month. Coverage every bit as good as those other cell phone service providers. Pure talk will use the most dependable 5G network in the country. So grab your phone, dial pound 250, say the keyword clay and buck to get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching so easy. That's why you need to choose a veteran-owned company who cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Pick up your phone, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck for unlimited talk. Text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk.
5: He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
3: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality 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 Podcast.
4: We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're
3: talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
0: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We mentioned this book uh, in the open to the show. Um, And I do think this is getting crazy. Sam Ponder is at ESPN, and she tweeted out during our show, uh, she is a, a a prominent ESPN employee, and she has been one of the few ESPN employees who's outspoken and actually supporting the idea of men not being able to compete against women. And she said, biology's not bigotry, which is a great synthesis of why men pretending to be women shouldn't be able to compete in women's athletics. But she got called a bigot by USA Today. No one at ESPN in the corporate office, Buck, has defended Sam Ponder at all. Usually when you get attacks like that from other media outlets, your PR team goes to work and they end up defending you. In fact, quite the contrary. Tomorrow, Buck, ESPN is raising the trans flag over the ESPN campus. This is more than just the pride flag. This is ESPN sticking their thumb in all of your eyes. If you are a sports fan, ESPN has already said Leah Thomas is a women's sports hero. They're now raising the trans flag to fly over a sports network, and they are now, to me, making it clear that their corporate mantra is, If you're a man and you want to identify as a woman, as a woman, you are a women sports champion. This is where we are. And even for me, this is a
6: staggering spot. Wait, wait, hold, but hold on. So the corporate ESPN owned by Disney, right? Doing this. Interesting, isn't it? Disney owns ESPN. Disney. Um,
2: do the hosts though publicly all go along with this? Like many of them will. And a lot of them are afraid, if they don't have a lot of uh, security in their jobs, to actually speak out against it.
6: I don't mean speak out against it. I mean, do they affirm it
2: publicly? We can come back to this. Yeah, it's a good question. And also, we're going to talk with uh, Ian Miller, who's at OutKick. We'll ask him this question as well. Uh, Team at MyPillow never fails to disappoint. Their latest value offer proves the point. If you're updating your home with new towels, this is your lucky week. Their latest offer, six-piece towel set. Just $25, 75% off the regular price. Sets made with USA cotton, extremely absorbent, yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. Set comes with two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Typically, it'll retail for $100. Right now, you can get the set for just $25 with our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. To get this offer, just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get a clearance price of $25 on the towel set. Deal won't last long. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 for this special offer.
5: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the, the front, front lines, lines of, of truth. truth. Welcome back. We've got our
6: friend Ian Miller with us now. He is a writer for Outkick and author of a new book, Illusion of Control, COVID-19 and the Collapse of Expertise. Ian, welcome back to the show. I'm assuming. This is not a lot of Fauci is brilliant and right uh, analysis. Tell us what you get into in this book. <laughs> that's, that's a good
7: assumption. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of going in detail on, on Fauci and the CDC and a lot of other experts about how they kind of mismanaged uh, virtually everything about the COVID pandemic and, and our response to it um, and the mistakes they made. And, and more importantly, you know, pointing out how little accountability there was. You know, they they never took any responsibility for the mistakes that they've made. they never acknowledged half of them. Um, in a lot of cases, they're still kind of maintaining that a lot of these policies were actually effective. Um, and so the case of the book is kind of make that this comprehensive overview of why that's wrong, how they got it wrong, and why we need to hold them accountable going forward.
2: So, Ian, when you see arguments being made that Florida handled COVID poorly, that the rate of death in Florida was bad. This is actually the argument that Trump is now trotting out against Ron DeSantis. You are a data guy. You spent, and you lived in California, so you had to deal with all the craziness of Gavin Newsom. You shared incredible charts over the years. How did Florida do relative to the rest of the country? What sort of benefit, if any, did say New York and California gain from shutting down? What does the raw data intelligently analyzed tell us?
7: Right. Well, and it's the exact opposite conclusion of what kind of the messaging has been. Uh, If you look at age-adjusted COVID mortality, because obviously Florida has a much more elderly population compared to New York and California. Uh, Florida outperformed uh, the rest of the country. They had a much lower age-adjusted COVID death rate than New York, despite New York's lockdowns. Uh, had lower excess mortality than California, meaning fewer people than uh, over the expected normal died in Florida than in California. And Florida benefited because they kept their economy open as much as possible and kept kids in schools, which is gonna have huge uh, positive effects down the road. You know, California and New York have both been losing huge numbers of people. I mean, New York City lost almost half a million people in just a couple of years. That's a huge That's a huge difference with a lot of them going to Florida because it was open and because they could get their kids in schools. Uh, So, you know, trying to revision its history of trying to say Florida didn't perform well is just not backed up by data at all.
6: Ian, is there any sign that you're seeing, and and as part of the research for the book, did you find um, meaningful mea culpas from major medical institutions, from, uh, you know, the the science, as it was known for a while, not just from the Fauci's, the CDC's, the NIH's, etc., but... Uh, you know, major hospital systems, um, the, the, the so-called consensus about so much of this stuff that was shockingly wrong. I mean, the data, as I've been talking about on this show, the data on, for example, the frenzy to put everybody on ventilators, uh, shows they were killing people by putting them on ventilators. There were a lot of people who would have survived their first bout with COVID who were put on a ventilator far too quickly because there was a panic in the medical community is anyone saying we're sorry we're we got this wrong or does everyone just move past it in the medical field at these big institutions and act like it didn't happen
7: definitely the latter uh pretty much everybody is just trying to move on and kind of quietly dismiss everything and, and not really take any responsibility or acknowledge that they were wrong about this stuff um like you said ventilators are a huge issue you know masking people forever and masking toddlers You know, and the CDC director came out there not long ago and said, you know, our guidance doesn't really change over time, we're going to continue to recommend masking kids essentially forever based off of community transmission. I think, you know, obviously public health agencies, but in particular, a lot of these hospital systems that were very openly promoting, you know, all the vaccine passports and things like that, they just kind of want to move past it because I think everybody could see at at this point or people that have been paying attention that they were wrong, the data shows they were wrong, Everybody got COVID anyway, despite what all these experts were saying to do. Uh, and, and so I think they, they feel like it would undermine their credibility if they admitted that they got this wrong and that they made mistakes. So instead, they're just kind of trying to move past it. Uh, if anything, there's there's been I mean, a, a shocking lack of accountability as opposed to kind of taking responsibility for their actions.
2: Ian, uh, now that we look back, we're three years removed. I think you wrote an article at Outkick about the fact that Only now is air travel getting back to where it was when we shut down in March of 2020, which is really kind of crazy to think about, the three years. What country did actually handle COVID the best? Is there now that we've got three years of data and we can look and analyze all the different perspectives? We talk about states but is it Sweden? Like, if you could point to a European or United States uh, or, you know, a North American country, is there a country that you think handled COVID really well? And if so, who and what should we have done in retrospect?
7: Yeah, it has to be Sweden. I mean, they, they did the most to keep their economy moving. They didn't close schools, if at all, uh, or for very limited age groups or a very limited amount of time. You know, there were no mask mandates generally for for the whole country. Uh Basically, and, and what's so frustrating is that they essentially followed all of these pre-COVID pandemic planning documents that all these public health agencies spent years developing. They followed it. Everybody else panicked and threw it out. And, you know, I write a chapter about it in the book, but you can compare Sweden to all these other countries, to European countries. And basically, in every comparison, they come out looking really well, where you know they have lower excess mortality rates or they overperform compared to other countries that have similar populations. Uh, and they did it all without disrupting their population as much as, as we did in the United States and most, most states, especially or places like Australia or New Zealand that went the entire opposite direction. Uh, And if you look, Australia has now had, you know, huge excess mortality rates where uh, over the last year and a half. So I think there's a, there's a clear winner here in Sweden. And it's not that they did anything particularly special. It's just that they actually followed the guidance that everybody had set out before COVID. For some reason, our experts just completely panicked and threw it out and they stayed strong.
6: The book is Illusion of Control, COVID-19, and the Collapse of Expertise. Ian Miller, thanks for being with us.
7: Well, Thanks for having me. You
6: know, as a writer, Ian is a perfect example of somebody who would really benefit from our sponsor, iDrive. All writers know, Clay knows, I know, the nightmare scenario, losing your work in the event of a computer crash. But anyone that saves anything on a computer, including photos, important documents, etc., should have a backup. And we recommend the best in the business, iDrive.com. Seriously, don't wait on this one. We're big fans of iDrive and longtime listeners of this program are going to remember Rush was a huge fan of iDrive for years. So is PC Magazine, who was awarded iDrive with their, who has awarded iDrive with their best in category award for eight years in a row for providing the best cloud based backup solution. It's critical that you back up your computers and mobile devices so that you're protecting all of your important business documents, family photos, and memories. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Mac servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. They make it easy to do, and your data is secure on iDrive servers. Their military-grade encryption provides security for you. (laughs) Only you will be able to access your data with your password. iDrive is the easiest, most secure cloud backup solution. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Get 90% off your first year when you use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout. Get started today. iDrive.com. That's iDrive.com
5: download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending mad Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to
3: start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.
2: Welcome back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton show a lot of people out there want to weigh in close out the program encourage you always to go download the podcast make sure you don't miss a single moment tens of millions of you downloading the podcast every single month and we appreciate all of that all right let's start with Tim in upstate New York Tim what you got for us
6: not a lot okay Let's go to Charlie in Ventura, California. Charlie, what do you have for us?
1: So, guys, this, this is like a little double-meaning thing. It's Trump and the whole trans-flag thing at ESPN. It's the pride before the fall. With Trump, it's the pride before the fall because he's, he's just running people away from him. I know people in Florida, all the Trump supporters I know, they're just sick and tired. They want to hear policy. They're tired of this tit for tat. What happened to Kaylee McAnally that stupid commercially runs on Fox News every night? Looks like, you know, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, a third grader. And then you got all the woke, you know, companies that are going under because they're flying the pride flag. So there's the pride before their fall. And quite frankly, you know, the United States is looking like it's going the way of uh, the Romans. We're just allowing this stuff to take over, and we're just playing games, and we're no longer taking our, our country and our lives seriously.
2: Buck, if we got into a real war, uh, the, the, the pronouns that we would use in battle, um, I think would go out the window in a hurry. And I think we'd want the baddest ass of the baddest asses to be fighting for us. And a part of me feels like we're just getting lost in all of this absurdity on a day-to-day basis. But the other part of me yeah. says, as soon as you can get someone to get you to admit something that you know to be untrue is true, then you've given up on your ability to live as an independent and flourishing country. Yeah. That's the first step. Yeah, no, it's, we, we will always adhere to the truth here and come what
6: may Jim in Minnesota. What do you got for us, Jim? Hey
7: guys. I just wanted to say that I voted for Trump twice and if he's nominated, I'll vote for him again, happily. But the stuff he said about Kaylee McEnany at among other things, that's the reason he's not sitting in the White House today, because that's what turns fifty percent of the country off to him. And we're competing over a really small slice of pie to get the the independent voters. And if you put Trump nominate Trump for the Republicans, that that pie that slice of pie just became significantly smaller.
6: Well, you know because you know, Jim thank you.
7: Cannot-
6: yeah, Jim, I, I thank you for calling in. I just would say there's something that I, I put out as an as an open question and not for one person to answer, because I don't believe, Clay, there is an answer to it. But I think it's an important question as we move through this primary. What is the Trump plan to win the independence that he needs in the states that he needs? I don't say that because there is no answer. I say it because I want to know the answer. And I think we ought to all keep that in mind. How is Trump going to do better with independence this time? And, um, you know, the campaign may well address that. I'm, I'm sure this is something that his uh, strategists are, are thinking about. And, and I think it's, an, it's something we all need to know. And if someone asks me, well, what is it, um, uh, you know, what is it exactly that you would say in the case of Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis, I can just point out what his pitch is to people. Uh, who are independents. He's not going to win the far left, obviously. He's not going to win Democrats. His pitch to independence is, look at everybody who's moving to my state. Scoreboard. That's basically the pitch. People want the kind of policies that I enact. Does that work for independence? That's that's another question.
2: He says he's going to make America Florida. And there are a lot of people in Florida that are happy about that. Tom in Bonita Springs, Florida, I think, speaking of Florida. How would you assess what's going on right now?
1: Well, I think uh, with Trump, it's the problem of the personality versus policy. He weighs in on his personality too much. And if he just worked on reminding the people what he did from 2016 to 2020, even with all the headwinds that he had, um, he'd do a lot better. But his own mouth puts a crisis in play almost every day instead of shaping a solid message that says, this is where we're going. My feeling with Donald Trump, I know he's got great policy, but I I honestly don't know if he sees what's over the horizon so much very well. And I look at this whole Kayleigh McEnany thing, and I ask myself, how well does Trump surround himself with good people? And I think of Scaramucci. I think of Cohen. I think of Amarosa in the White House. Going, Why is that woman in the White House? Okay, she's college educated. Whoopee. But she had no legitimate reason or history for being there. And one of the people, you'll know when Trump is finally throwing everybody overboard when he attacks Sean Hannity, and he, that what will happen is he'll get a Herschel Walker type electric. They will vote for everybody else, but they're, we're just not going to check the box for him.
2: That, that to my, look, I did everything I could, and we've talked about this on the show, and I've used Georgia as a specific example. That's my concern. Seven out of eight statewide Republicans won in Georgia. The only one who didn't was Herschel Walker. Herschel was the most closely connected to Donald Trump. Now, Herschel had in his past all sorts of, as everyone does, things that are not ideal. They came after him with everything they had. They spent probably $100 million, Buck, trying to tear him down, and he came very close to winning. But I look at it and say, a generic Republican running for the Senate. Seven out of eight statewide won in Georgia. The only one who didn't was Herschel. A generic Republican would have won.
6: And if someone believes that Georgia is just Democrats cheating, I, I need an explanation for why they only cheat in that race and not the other. <laughs> right? yeah. You know, they're only they're only picking the race where the Trump backed guy isn't going to win. And then now maybe some people believe that, but I would just want to hear the explanation for why they would risk you know, being caught and risk possible prison time for one race, but not all the others. Uh, you know, cause, cause you could make a very clear case. If you lose all the races, it's a Democrat wave, right? Yep. But if you're going to rig it and rig it to only lose one of them, that seems very weird, doesn't it? It's a big risk
2: for one race. And also to win a lot of them, not close. I mean, Kemp yeah. beat Stacey Abrams, who was a well-funded challenger by almost eight points. Look, by the way, this you, is a great email from Julio. Oh yeah. Uh, ahead, he's the VIP. Ahead. Uh, hi to both of you and thank you for the show. I was born and raised in in Venezuela and came here shortly after Chavez got into power. And you guys are correct when you said socialism destroyed Venezuela. They sell the idea they're fighting for the poor, which is a lie, because there are more poor people and misery in Venezuela than ever before. That must, all caps, never happen with the USA. That's why it's always funny, Buck, when Democrats try to lecture people oh, you don't know what socialism really is. Oh, you want to tell Venezuelans? Really? The people who are risking their lives to get here to fight for the freedoms that many of us, unfortunately, take for granted on a day-to-day basis? No. I think they have a pretty good idea. Same thing for the Cubans of what socialism can do. Oh,
6: I always say this. Um, Some of the people you'll come across who appreciate and, and love America the most Are those who have come here from totalitarian regimes legally come here as true refugees, which is an important thing and is something that, um, you know, should continue on, not the abuse of this uh, this notion that goes on at our southern border right now, uh, because they understand when things go badly, what that really means. They understand if you're in Cambodia or you're in Cuba or you're in Venezuela or you're in the Soviet Union. When the AOCs of the world get their way, everyone's going to have everything and it's going to be great. It's actually horrible and people end up in camps and it's awful. So there's that.
2: A bit of breaking news as we go uh, to, uh, to finish off today's show. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Mike Pence, according to NBC News, officially announcing June 7th. So we think we're going to add not only Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, but also former vice president, Mike Pence, we're, to the race both next week.
6: I think we're going to be hearing a lot about loyalty in the weeks ahead here, <laughs> which will be interesting, I think, maybe. Guys, it's going to be quite a primary. We're honored you're spending time with us talking about this and everything else going on in the news. Thank you.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts.